Welcome everybody to Pop Colton. Welcome everybody to Popped Culture, the only podcast that had the balls to say trip forest trip. <laughs> my, name, my name is Scott. My name's Jason. I'm still a bit shocked there, but yeah. <laughs> and I'm Monica and I have nothing to say to that. You're all welcome. A Quiet Place Part 2. So, the sequel to John Krasinski's A Quiet Place from what, 2017 at a punt? I could be wrong. Something 2018. about 2018. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so here we are. This movie was meant to come out like last year. Yes. And yes. like many others. Like everything else we've yeah. talked about recently. <laughs> so, um, yeah, wow. I don't even know where to start. It was cool. Like, I'll, I'll say a preface this. Jason and I went to go, we got to see a double feature, which was pretty cool, of like the first film straight into this. Yeah, so I think that was. Uh, a very good way of saying yes. it because... I would say so because part two picks up immediately yeah. after part one. It finishes. picks up and then sort of backtracks a bit. Yeah, it's so like you day one. <laughs> yeah. Back it, to day one, which it, is really nice. But if you stuck them together, it would be like a really nice... <laughs> it, would, it was cool. I really enjoyed the opening scenes. It was sort of almost like a prequel seeing the wider community um, dealing with this, I guess, an invasion. Mm. And use it as a really nice little way to set up Killian Murphy's character as well mm. is this sort of just just enough, yes, yeah, to sort yeah, of be was. like, oh, this guy, they knew him, and yeah, um, yeah, well, I, well, yeah. I, to, essentially, it was a almost perfect continuation in terms of what you see in a quiet place, the whole feeling and the way the tensions built in a quiet place, the original mm. film, and then this part two is a literal continuation of those tensions that we experienced in the first one. Mm. Um, mm. Probably a few more jump scares, actually, in the second one. I would Scott. say so. A more <laughs> 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 so there was there was a solid jump in this movie where I, I'd, yeah, almost knocked Jason out of his seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was just sitting there and then all of a sudden there were almost no chair underneath me. <laughs> I did it to enhance your experience. <laughs> 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 and to change my pants. <laughs> it, um, yeah, it, 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 um, it gave me a few good 
startles, mm. which I think is, you know, I, I think it's a common tool these days in horror films and I don't think you can judge a movie's scare factor based on that because it's no. easy to startle a person. But it, it, like the first one, it's once again a kind of a perfect exercise in tension. Yeah, I would agree. I think John Krasinski has a very good understanding of how to create tension and keep it that way because you still feel as stressed out, I suppose, um, in part two as you did in part one. There's a consistency there which lends itself to the movie being um, – it reminds you how good the first one was and you're fully invested into the second one. Yeah, I think at, at, at it's like when you kind of – at any moment you're like, someone might die. Like I feel like mm-hmm. – <laughs> I feel like that sort of in movies where you're generally like, oh, well, I know they're going to be fine. So this was like, well, this could kind of go anyway. <laughs> it was also set up in that first film, yeah, well, obviously, yeah. because yes. their father dies. And sorry about any spoilers if you haven't seen the first You've one You've had there. years. Um, <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> right. Uh, so that does give that tension about the characters because you do believe any one of them mm. might die at yeah. any point. And there's lots of reasons that they could too. So that's that amazing uh, tension or masterpiece of tension that's been created there with so many elements that are working against the characters at the same time. It's sort (laughs) of like time, uh, proximity to things, the sound, the fact that they can't be noisy. And you bring all of that together, you know, there's Mm. a baby... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much more tension you can take. I think yeah. if they added more elements, I think a few people might have had heart attacks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think to add to that as well, because you have the family unit splitting up as well. So the part one was very much um, an insular look at one family, um, I guess, trying to live under these sort of circumstances. And now they're broken apart on their own separate missions. So when you're ripped away from that, you don't quite know what's going to happen to them um, if, for example, one half of that family might be killed off and the other unit of the family will have no idea what's happened Mm. and that's really that's really terrifying there's no way to communicate it's very difficult to reconcile with that especially for um reagan the daughter who is very much her father's daughter she is absolutely determined to make it and there is a way to get out of this and to find safety and it's so admirable (laughs) and she's so great and but it, it, it it like it had to go the way it went because if it, you know, she would never have been able to be in a position to succeed if it didn't, you know, if, if not if for the, the s- if the family unit stuck together, it would never have been able to work. Yeah, and also if not for the sacrifice um, that her father made as yeah, well yeah. at the end of the part one. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it, it's it's a true sequel in the sense that it absolutely like we've talked about sequels a few times now on this yeah. show. Mm. It, it does all the things I think right. I don't think it's quite as good as the first film. I think maybe because that initial shock had worn off and we always, we've talked a few times about like once you start, yeah. you know, mm. rep- replicating the idea over and over again, it, it's going to get diluted. Well, you sort of suck the life out of an original idea mm. by yeah. diluting it the more often you see it. So yeah. um, that's what I find is the issue with multiple sequels of anything. Yeah. Mm. The, the, my biggest, probably my biggest issue with the film, there's a little stretch in the middle Mm-hmm. Where because I thought the first film, it was one of those like I think it's it's sort of like a cliche of horror films where you're always watching it and you're like, oh, don't open that door. Why'd you do that for? Like, oh my goodness, like people make dumb decisions. Yeah. And the first film, I don't think there's a moment in it where anyone makes a dumb decision. 
Well, they don't because they've been living in this situation for quite some time now, so they mm. know where the mistakes are and yeah. they're overly cautious. But here they're moving away from that farmhouse into new mm. terrain, into new territory. Like when Emily Blunt and her family are walking away from the farmland at the beginning of the film, they run out of sand. Yeah. So they sort of look at what's in front of them on the path and there's rocks, sticks, so that's a beautiful leaves. Mo- that's a beautiful moment. I'm mm. talking about... The uh, sun, the sun where he has this. I'm going to go have a I'm little wander. Go oh <laughs> like, God, yeah, I'm like, dude, you've been nothing but like drilled in that you need to be cautious. Mm. And through the whole first film, he's overly cautious. Yeah, he becomes a bit of a liability, <laughs> he doesn't does. he? He goes and does this really dumb thing, and mm. it was. It felt like I was like, oh, you, nah. And I thought it was building to like a story point with yeah, um, so Killian Murphy's character and some yeah. sort of dark malicious secret. And it didn't, <laughs> which I'm kind of glad it didn't. Just because Killian Murphy's in a movie does not immediately mean he's going to be the creep, okay? <laughs> well, well, now that yeah, you yeah. mention that, I have to say Killian Murphy finally has a character which is a proper character, not not some evil, <laughs> sinister, person, yeah, scarecrow-ish type thing. Oh, uh, you've not a, seen Peaky Blinders? <laughs> I, I've seen Peaky mm. Blinders, but yes, it, it, He's he thoroughly likable. Really well. He's he's likable, but he's also got so many uh, failures to his character mm. that it but makes him very empathetic. He's yeah. so beaten down after what's happened to his own family, and that's why he says he can't do it. He doesn't want to see that happen again. And it's yeah, it comes from like a positive place. This sort of like rejection of the um, will, it, like a willingness to help. It, but it, it yeah. comes from like a oh, I, I, I get I get why. <laughs> It's not a survivalist instinct that you see in some of the other characters um, in the boat scene um, when they're trying to get away to the island. Spoilers. Um, But he's doing it out of, I can't mentally take this anymore. He's a very broken man. Yeah. And I really feel for his character and he does all the right things. And (laughs) And he performs it perfectly. He does really, really well. well. He's an excellent um, character actor. Mm. Whenever he's on the screen, I immediately pay the tiniest, you know, all of my attention. He's got a very unique look. Mm. He looks quite... I see why they constantly cast him as a a villain because he's got this like very sharp features and this kind of very intense... I, in this though, yeah, they, it, it, he plays a much more, yeah, sympathetic, likable kind of guy. But he's still got that intensity. He's got. Oh yeah, because I was waiting for like the. <laughs> I was waiting for the twist. He's got a very um, lean and hungry look about him, mm. and it works perfectly for this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. But I sort of um, uh, onto a little uh, another thing that I when I walked out of the movie, the first thing I think I said to Jason was, and I don't know if this probably might not mean anything to you, mm. but I was like. Were you getting like a lot of uh, Last of Us vibes <laughs> from this movie? Like from, from shots to costume uh, to... <laughs> almost like crowbar type things. Yeah. Slung yeah. into the heads of the creatures. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like it never triggered for me for the first movie. But no. this time around, I was like, did someone like... There's even like the shot of the boat on the shore, which was... I'm like, what's going on? Well, I guess it's uh, the daughter and uh, Killian Murphy's character sort of become like uh, uh, the uh, characters uh, of uh, The Last uh, of Joel Us. Joel and Ellie-esque yeah. yes, adventure. Right. And it does. And from even like the weird cannibal boat people mm-hmm. thing, I was like, 
I'm having lots, even like a fight on the docks. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what's going on? That could also be a trope um, given the genre. A survival As horror kind of. Yeah, it's something that you sort of it see. It very. Yeah. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying in any way that John Krasinski has ripped off The Last of Us or anything like that. Because obviously he's been working on this for a while and this movie was made mm. a while ago. Last of Us Part 2 came out mm. last year. So I'm sure this was all done prior to that. It just felt like, oh, I'm having like deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also partly the creature design as well, so you sort of have Hickory those. type yeah. vibe. Is what, yeah. 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 Um, On the creatures as well, I appreciated the carryover. You don't see them very much in the film, I feel. I think a lot of I sequels... I think in the first film, I, I feel like I got too much of them this time around. Oh, did you? I, I didn't necessarily feel that way, uh, maybe because I didn't watch them back to back, maybe. Um, I feel with some sequel syndrome, you get too much of the monsters... Um, but in this instance, yeah, you see a hand that the one in the opening um, scene where it creeps out of the bus. That was cool. That was terrifying. <laughs> but then we're also getting them like full tilt running into police cars and then attacking yeah. bars and stuff. I felt like it. It shows the brutality of these creatures as oh, well and how the, they can the take out a whole cool population. Like, oh, I get it. There's like an attack, an invasion, whatever you want to call it. Mm. I, it was cool. But then as the movie went on, it was sort of like. I'm 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 a big like less is more in monster movies and like mm-hmm. I really appreciate like like Jaws the less you see the shark the more terrifying it is yeah I guess there's it's sort of different in the sense like they're not really hiding under something or mm. yeah I I didn't actually get that feeling myself no no I I think the final reveal was this film of them being a bit more up close and yeah. in the faces of them and having that tension of them getting closer and closer within breathing distance yeah. uh, more often. Yeah. But um, also yeah. the fact that they're, they're confronting them. So they're starting well, they're, to they're going back. out now, yeah. Yeah. I was um, really surprised um, once um, Emmett and Reagan make it to the island and they think they're safe but one's made it on a boat. Yeah, that boat. But as soon as I and saw that boat, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I got that, like, my stomach just dropped. I'm like, oh, God. How good was that scene, though? Like, yeah, that as, like, a broad daylight reveal, that would yep. have been, like, stunning. But we'd already seen them a lot. And, yeah. again, that's a good demonstration of tension. You don't need a jump scare. Mm. Something as simple as a daylight reveal, you see the boat. Him he's just ca- running. Two and two has made four for him, and he's like, oh, God, one's made it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We, well, I mean, I think one thing... Uh, Krasinski's got as a screenwriter is this ability to be like little nuggets of things that you're kind of like okay whatever like the dive yes ASL she does dive and Mm. he's like oh okay cool like when they're talking about the baseball game at the beginning and then that becomes quite a important thing to save her life later was like he's very good at little like even just like yeah yeah you see them rip that hole in the side of the boat now we know that's the boat and then that's Mm. what he sees it's like oh cool every little thing has a little payoff and I'm like that's clever I think John Krasinski um, this is just me spitballing I think he really understands how to deliver a story in a similar way that Hitchcock does with putting in those little flags for you to remember later. Mm. And, you know, um, Hitchcock famously talks about um, creating tension by not drawing attention to the bomb in the room Yeah, yeah. all the time. And I think Krasinski really understands that. And yeah. that's why this film is so successful. Mm. Uh, I have to add that bit about The Last of Us. Uh, I think the reason that you get that feeling is not many films give us this apocalyptic feel in terms of the post-apocalyptic feel effectively. Mm. And The Last of Us as a game really does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this film does as well. Even though we don't have massive cities sort of laying waste or anything like that, just the way that the characters travel through 
each part of the scenery and how uh, it's they're a all use of, living. Um, it, he, yeah. it's, it, both of them, The Last of Us and A Quiet Place, um, really utilise nature as a kind of, mm. as well. Like they're, mm. you're not seeing people have to traverse through destroyed cities and stuff, no. going just walking through the forest and there being nothing is yep. as yeah. sort of apocalyptic as anything. You just need to see a train yep, that's right. to understand yeah. how bad things are. Ah, yeah. I sort of see it as an apocalypse that's still um, in progress. That's still in progress because you reach what was it, day hundred, four hundred and thirty-five or something. Yeah, it's something like that. So, so it's only been a year and a bit. It's mm. only been a year and a bit, and I think that's going to be important for part three as well. I think it's a oh, progress. There is a part three. We'll I think talk, they will we'll be. Yeah. Let's talk. We'll talk about that. Or do you want to talk about that now? Okay, as well. Yeah. Um, sure. Do Do you want part three? No, I don't. No, I don't either. I thought. Um, I thought the first one ended. Excellently, it didn't. I didn't even need part two, but I'm, I'm glad I got it. But I'm glad I got it too, and you know, I thought it was a really good movie. You could even watch it on its own because it gives you enough context as a standalone film. I feel, but in terms of I want to see a part three, like I won't say no, but I don't think it's strictly necessary. Yeah, well, they've officially greenlit a spin-off. Okay. Oh, so. Yeah. So the Please tell me it's the adventures the of Killian Murphy. Place. <laughs> <laughs> the, the quietest place. The quietest place. The quiet, I don't know. <laughs> a quieter place. Is it, is it just someone in a room turning on Panic Room starting Jodie Foster? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. I like the world and the creatures and stuff and I can understand that's probably a way to go is just to create but a scary movie with these things and people being quiet. But I feel like that's all it will be. Mm. But what makes this what makes A Quiet Place 1 and 2 work is that you've got this family... That's right. Yeah. ...that is, you can sympathise with, absolutely. like Absolutely. Like, the bear trap. Can we talk about the bear trap? <laughs> 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 so for all of our... Yeah, so for our listeners, there is a scene where everyone is running and the poor boy gets his leg caught in a bear trap and it makes you jump. He has a primal scream that he absolutely <laughs> needs to hold and he can't because he's in so much pain and it's horrible it to a, watch. A, yeah, the, just the, the her grabbing his mouth and that muffled yeah. scream. It's like, that's not enough. That's and it's horrible enough. because she's crying because she knows I want you to scream and I want yeah. you to sort of yeah. go through this painful moment, but we can't because if not, we're all screwed. <laughs> we're all dead. Yeah. Oh. And I, I, in that moment, and once again, back to that, like, I'm like, are they going to leave him? Because that's thought they sort of were. your only way out in this, at this moment. I thought they genuinely were, yeah. but I thought, oh, you know what? The husband's just died. They won't, but it would have made sense if they might have. And, like how, I, and I, I kind of thought they were because one of the biggest things that kept throwing me out of the movie was because we, we just, I, I think it's only because we watched part one and then we're watching part two immediately. Mm. Mm. That child has aged dramatically. <laughs> he has, yeah. The, other thing the rest is of them, not so much, but that, that young boy, I can't, I don't know his name, um, but he, he's aged and they've like put, like taken to putting clothes that are slightly too big mm. on yeah. him and stuff to try and hide it. I thought as well, he might've been killed off by um, Emmett because you sort of see everything from his point of That's view what I was yeah. sort of in his yeah. rifle. And I thought, Oh my God, the kid's leg is in a bear trap. He's screaming, killing Murphy's going to kill this boy. <laughs> And then Emily Blunt's going to be real pissed. <laughs> that's what Killian Murphy does. That's what she does. <laughs> um, Emily Blunt, she yeah. certainly brings this sort of gravitas to the entire thing. She did such a good job. Uh, I, I thought she was a bit sidelined though. In this one, yes. But I mean, if you look at the original, the first one, mm. uh, 
she has one of the most tense <laughs> moments in the entire film yeah. of giving birth while trying to I, be quiet. I, 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 quiet I still call BS on that. Yeah. <laughs> There's yes. no way what? <laughs> that she would not have absolutely screamed for her life giving birth in a bathtub on her own. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm going to speak from personal experience no. now. Yeah, fair enough. First I mean, time around, my wife didn't make a peep. Oh, wow. Oh, there you go. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> so it's possible. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, it was like a deep internalized scream, <laughs> but like not a sound. <laughs> but um, it, like, so, I mean, it I, 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 like, yeah, it, yeah. It, to me, I was like, this is so realistic. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 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 this hurt to watch. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. But she certainly carries the, uh, I guess, that level of performance that almost everyone does in the whole film. I feel like... The acting is all... Yeah, and it's really important to make this really have the impact is that acting. Uh, We quite often forget that sometimes the ones that don't work might have worked if you had a really good actor yeah. in place. Yes. Yeah. And uh, this is an example of having really good actors. I feel as well Emily Blunt is um, absolutely the emotional core of this movie. Oh, absolutely. She's the matriarch. She is I, looking out for her children. Well, I, I think mm. I think uh, p- part two anyway, I think it's Millicent Simmons. Oh, definitely. Like yes. She seems was, to be the protagonist of this I was going to say it's um, her movie and Emmett's movie. Yeah. Um, it's their sort of, I guess, um, survivalist walking trip um i won't say road road trip that was (laughs) what i was going to say but it is very much their movie yeah yeah. and her almost she she takes on like almost a heroic like i'm gonna fix this yeah she is the hero of the movie yeah Yeah. and you know she's the one who kills the monster at the end with her hearing aid yeah you know very intelligently yeah smart girl Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I haven't got much else to say about it other than like, if you enjoyed the first film, you're probably going to really enjoy the second one. Mm-hmm. It is. It, if we were to do another list of sequels, might even be better. on the top five. There like, it's, it's wow. a very That's good sequel. It is a yeah. good sequel. Yeah. I would say so. I think it's very close to being on par with A Quiet Place Part One. Absolutely, very close. Yep. Cool. Only one percent less or something. Well, That's yeah, about it. If we had to, if you had to try to and give a number or something, quantify this, yeah. I would say it needs more cowbell. But we can't have cowbells. <laughs> <laughs> he did have cowbells. He had them he on these oh, <laughs> <laughs> the scary <laughs> ET boat people. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Check out the Quiet Place Part Two. Thank you guys for listening to Popped Culture. I have been Scott, and I'm still Jason, and I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddy, Monica Porto, and Scott Souter. The clip for this week's show was the trailer for A Quiet Place Part 2, and the song at the end was the main theme from A Quiet Place. If you're enjoying the show, please, I invite you to get onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. If you'd like to find us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, or on Twitter at popcultureau.